the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the PrivateMusicStudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. I am very excited today to have an opportunity to visit with Deb Dotzer. Deb is a voice actor extraordinaire with a long list of impressive credits to her name, including national commercials, premier video game projects, narration, audiobooks, and so much more. She is an adjunct professor Uh, at Columbia College, at DePaul University. She's at the Acting Studio Chicago, and she has originated voice courses at Second City Training Center. Let's welcome Deb Dotzer to Soundcheck. Hi. Hi, Deb. How are you? Good. I'm good. Yeah. What a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Lots of good questions for you, and I'm sure we're going to get lots of good information. Excellent. So let's jump right in. Tell us about your childhood. Where did you grow up? Did you act as a child? Uh, how did you become interested in acting? Wow. Okay. Um, I grew up in Baldwin, Long Island, New York. So there's a little bit of the accent. Um, and, you know, as a kid, I mean, I had a Panasonic tape recorder. Do you remember those? It was red. I wanted yellow. They were out, but, you know, so I got the red. And my best friend and I would create, you know, radio plays. One of our favorite one was Upstairs, doo-doo, Upstairs, as opposed to Upstairs, Downstairs. Which was- <laughs> yeah, just Upstairs. And when people were walking, we'd whistle, you know, it was like, I'm gonna go to the other room. You know, whatever. I can't <laughs> but, um, so uh, in fourth grade, I did a play um, and the sixth graders came to see it. I don't know why the whole school didn't, but this, or maybe they did, but the sixth graders had to write us letters um, saying, you know, and one guy wrote, uh, and I've kept two of the letters, but the one that I, I remember the most is he was like, I, I really like Debbie. So I went by that Debbie back then, Debbie Dozer, because I think she's going to be a big star someday. Uh-huh. I could, that didn't quite come true, but I, I was like, oh, hmm. Yeah. I did this. So I, so I took, you know, kind of kids acting classes, um, did some work and then went off to college uh, to, to have for a BFA in, in acting, decided I didn't like the school I was at, transferred and got a double major in English because I've always been fascinated by literature and words and sounds. And, um, and so a double major in English and theater arts and 
kind of fell into voiceover because it wasn't really a thing where, you know, now you can take classes, but you know, back then it was just, somebody was like, you've got a cool voice. Have you ever thought about doing voiceover? And I was like, I don't even know what that is, dude. <laughs> and then, you know, he invited me to audition for something. I did, I booked it. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm hooked. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So yeah, it's really a thing. Yeah. It's really a thing. That you can do. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. So what was your very first job as a voice actor? Do you remember? Uh, well, it was that one. The, oh, that one. So, so I did an improv workshop and um, decided it wasn't for me because I'd done improv comedy and I wanted to use it as a more serious tool. And this guy called me up out of the blue and was like, hi, we did this workshop together. And he was the one he said, I think you have a cool voice. And uh, so I went in and I auditioned for him and it was um, like a radio talk show, but kind of like a fake one. They'd have real doctors answering questions about medical conditions, but they had different actors calling in and being kind of silly. Um, and I was the know-it-all medical student. And um, I did a couple of sessions and it was a non-union gig, but it was $200 for like 20 minutes worth of work. Yeah. And I didn't have to wear a costume or makeup or put contact lenses in. And I was like, mm, like you know, um, so that was my very first job. And I got to be like, um, so what is the difference between type one and type two diabetes? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think you're wrong. You know, it says here in my medical journal, so it was just, you know, and then I went on to do, you know, some more silly radio type stuff. This was, I lived in Boston where I went to school. Um, and then when I moved here, that was what I really wanted to focus on was voiceover. Oh, that's yeah. great. And what brought you to the Chicago area? Well, living in Boston, it's a, it's a beautiful place to live and I loved it, but it's a small market. Yeah. And not to say that I was a big fish, but um, I was doing equity theater at the time. And uh, when the theater was dark, Everyone who was in the show with me, I was like 24, 25, they were all at least 20 years older than me and had families and homes in the Boston area. And then they all rented an apartment together and they'd drive down to New York after our show on Sunday, we were dark on Monday, go and audition for things like Law and Order and anything else that New York had to offer and then come back on Tuesday so we could do the show. And I was like, you know, I don't own property I don't have kids, uh, you know? Um, so like about three years after that, I was like, well, where can I go? And at the time I didn't really know anybody out in LA and I really thought of it as just film, you know, film work. And I was really into the voiceover thing and I'd always liked improv comedy. So I was like, you know, there's New York, LA, Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at least at that time that was, you know, so, um, New York, I grew up outside of it. I love New York City, but I also know how ridiculously expensive and difficult it can be to live there. And I had a college friend who lived in Chicago. He's an actor. And he was like, it's great here. You can get a big apartment, you know? And my boyfriend at the time and a friend of mine and I came here and like looked for an apartment and decided let's make a change. So that's- Wow. That's that's great. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> so, it is. I mean, you know, it's it's funny how life leads you 
in certain directions that you know you don't know what's going to happen for your career but it turns out to be a great thing it's wonderful yes. yeah i mean it really it really was and just a little sidebar in like the mid 90s i got moved here in the early 90s 93 and then around 1997 you know i was like hmm, maybe i do want to go to la because um a friend of mine had moved out there and she's like, there's voiceover everywhere, girl. I've got a good friend who's got a home studio. So I had inherited a little bit of money, but enough that I didn't have to. So I went out there and lived for three months and really liked it, at, you know, but I was, you know, I was pretend living there, you know, um, and I was planning on moving and then, um, you know, and uh, this may be not PC, but I was dating someone and came back from my trip and I got pregnant. Uh -oh, okay. And I was like, okay, but I mean, everything happens for a reason. That's right. That's right, right before I went out to LA, I had submitted voice demos, just kind of like here. Mm -hmm. And while I was in LA, I got two of the agents in town were like, are you coming back? What's the story? And I was like, oh, that sounds, that's nice. So I came back and signed with one of those agents and then went on to, be very happy that I didn't move to LA at that time. Yeah, that's so. fantastic. Yeah, things do happen for a reason. Yep, you never know which, how your life's gonna, you know, what path you're gonna take for sure. That's right, that's right. So today, what has been your most memorable or fun voice acting job? Huh, well, um, the most memorable and fun was really pretty recent, you know? Um, Greta, I'm a woman of a certain age. So, um, you know, at this point in my career, I joke around and say, you know, oh, I'm I'm auditioning for Depends ads and <laughs> diabetes supplies. But, um, you know, I guess I'd like to say that, you know, even when you hit a certain age, your dreams never die. That's a, that's a really important thing to remember. During the pandemic last May, I got a call from a New York number. Didn't pick it up because I'm like, I don't know who that is listened then you know i was bringing my son in the house whatever so we came in um i listened to the message and he's looking at me and he's like mom are you okay because apparently the color was draining from my face and i was like i think i'm booked on a disney animation i know right and i was like i i don't know and it was my so i'm with stewart here in town and it was stewart new york and I called them back and they were like, yeah, congratulations, you're going to be on the Owl House. Wow. So I recorded my character um, in my home closet um, with all the technical difficulties one can have. I had, we did a little session to use Source Connect, went great. Day of the actual session did not go great. Had to end up using Zoom. Um, did an ADR session, right, where you're, you know, kind of lip matching to some of the animation where my Wi-Fi just decided to go crazy, but they were lovely. Um, it was directed by a woman, um, written and produced by a woman, you know, so it was very, the engineer was a dude, but um, and no offense to dudes. I love dudes. <laughs> But it was just so nice to be in a, you know, kind of woman power, woman centric with kind of a woman, you know, and girl centered animation. And it was really like, you know, sure, it would have been totally sexy to be in the actual studio, but um, 
you know, it made me go, yeah, you know, you never, you just don't know with this That's career. Right. You don't know what path, you know. Um, I've done little animated things, but this is like the biggest, you know. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll be on season two. Um, so far, I'm in three episodes, so hopefully they'll keep me recurring, but um, wonderful. Well, that's that's great. We'll be watching for you. That's fantastic. Yay, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, at least right. Yeah, yeah that is very cool. Very cool. So you're on the faculty at Columbia College and DePaul and mm -hmm. Acting Studio Chicago, and you originated voice courses at Second City Training Center. How exciting is that? I know. Yeah. So what are some of the most common pieces of advice that you give to artists who are starting out? Okay. Well, one of the most important things I say is control what you can control, because so much of what we do is about auditioning and never knowing and nobody's going to tell you whether you did a good job. Um, not even your agent, you know, you send it in. They'll let you know if the sound quality was bad. They'll let you know if you went over time. They'll let you know if it sucked. But they're not going to be like, oh my God, Greta, that was the best audition ever. Thanks for sending it in. You know, our fingers are crossed for you. No, you don't get any of that. Or rarely, every now and again. Um, so you know you can you can control certain things you can control like years ago when my son was attempting to do some acting work which after a certain point i was like i'm not a stage mom um they they said we just tell our kids that everything is a job you know if you have an audition it's a job yeah. which and i think that's a really good way to handle your business it is your job to audition that's right it's kind of a bonus when you get the gig right that's right that's right. And you got to love the process and you can control that. You can do your due diligence with the script. You can make sure that your home recording setup or whatever you're using is, is of the best quality you can afford at that time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can, you know, you, you know, like I said, do the due diligence with the script and that kind of thing. Um, when you show up, when you get the session, you can, you know, act professionally, show up on time. Same thing if you're going into audition, you know, all those things so you control what you can control because everything else is out of control um the other thing i would tell newbies i mean most of them are taking a class but because classes are available now agents expect they're they're not going to hold your hand like they used to you know um so they want you ready to go so take a class with a reputable person um you know, put together a showcase for your little demo for yourself that showcases you as you are right now. And so many people want to do animation and gaming and fun character voices, but really where the money is, and especially here in Chicago, it's commercially, you, they want you being you, variations of you with different points of view. So try to steer yourself away from you know, putting on a demo, something like, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. you know, they don't care, you know, start off with you. Even if you can do a great British accent, don't do it. If you want, if you have to do it, put it at the end of the demo, you oh, know, so very good. Those are very good recommendations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> These are some of the questions that I was going to ask you, you know, and, and I will, I will, you know, ask some of them just so we can delve a little bit more deeply yeah. into your responses to this. But I, that's fantastic information. Fantastic. Yeah. 
And I think a lot, you know, a lot of newbies don't, they're, they all think voiceover. So they think it's all about how many crazy voices I can do, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? And one of my greatest satisfactions as a teacher, I think is when, like I had a student just this past semester and he came in and he does have a very big deep voice, blah, blah, blah. And he came in doing that. And I was like, yeah, you're good, you know, but, and, but that's not really going to be useful. And I, watched him really working on his own voice and um i have them write a final paper where they kind of sum up the semester for themselves and he was like that was the most eye-opening thing and it was really exciting to work on my own voice and really figure out what it sounds like because i think especially college kids i know i was cast as the fat funny old lady all through high school even a little bit in college and then I get out in the real the real world and I'm like, oh, I'm 23 and the fat, funny old ladies, I'm not going to play that until yeah. like now, maybe, yeah. if even. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think a lot of colleges prepare you for the real world, you know, yeah. so yeah. and I think, you know, these kids come out of high school and they have those big pipes. So they play every announcer and every school project. And then they, you know, they think that they can continue to use that and it's not really going to be viable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what you're saying um, about colleges preparing students, I think that's true in many areas, certainly um, in the singing area, it is true, you know, that that uh, students are prepared, they're, they're given wonderful technical skills. Mm -hmm. Then they get out into the world and they need to figure out how to realistically apply those skills in the marketplace. So, you know, I think it's great that you are, are, you know, talking to your students about that because it's, it's important. It's important. It's really important. And I mean, and it's harder now, I think, for singers, everybody to be able to learn on the job. Yeah. You know, like I did. And I don't know, were you a jingle singer back in the day? Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. And I think jingle singing, there was so much of it that, you know, you would, you were doing things every day, right? Yeah. I was doing voiceover stuff, not yeah. every day, but you know, and I got to work with people who would use a little bit of improv in their audition. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Teaching that is really hard, you know, because everybody wants to do it right. Yes. And a lot of air quotes today, but um, yeah, so I think, you know, they don't get enough experience. So I try to be like, try to break down what the reality is. So they're not like, wait a minute, I thought I was gonna get an agent and be a big star, you know? Hopefully, right. Thankfully, I've not had anybody come back and wanna kick my butt about <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so woo, fingers crossed, it keeps, keeps up. Good. So what recommendations would you give to artists like your students as they plan to prepare and record their demos? How should they be selecting their material? Well, generally, you know, you would hire a demo producer who would select it for you. Okay. Um, but I always say a good demo producer, it should be a collaborative experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't have somebody being like, no, this is what you sound like, because then you're not gonna, you need to, for, you, first of all, you need to have taken a class. So you kind of get an idea of like, hey, I was pretty good at this and this and this, mm -hmm. not so good at that. Yeah. Um, like Columbia, I don't teach this class, but Columbia College has a demo production class that most of the voiceover students take. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, so they find scripts for themselves, like on iSpot.tv and other places that are current mm -hmm. um, that they think matches what their voice print is and the different sides of it. So I would say to people, you know, take a class, figure out what you think you're good at, um, what your voice can do without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That's your signature sound. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what you would want to lead with on a demo. Okay. And you only get like a minute. And then you want to show various sides. Maybe it's me doing high energy stuff or me being really serious and delivering a PSA, you know? Oh, yeah. um, you know, depending on where you fit. Maybe I'm a I'm a mom who's, you know, fed up or, you know, worried about college tuition. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and pick products that you yourself would buy hmm. or your peer group would buy, right? Like, you know, fast food is everywhere. If you're in your 20s, do a fast food commercial. Yeah. Anything will do. You know, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Wendy's, find one that works for you. Um, so, you know, because advertising is all about demographics, right? So peers advertise, advertise to peers, right? So if you're 22 and you're trying to do a Lexus ad, yeah. I'm not going to buy it because <laughs> right. last year, like a trust fund kid, right. you right. can't afford that shit, right? You know what I mean? Right. Afford escape? Great. You know, a Honda Civic? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great. So, yeah right so so you would suggest that people show versatility but versatility within uh, a particular category yeah you want to show versatility in you know in in your like point of view yeah yeah that's great like, yeah i tend to kind of i mean in case you haven't figured it out like i've got a little bit of a raspy voice and i'm kind of sarcastic so you know when i started out that was a really great thing to have so it was easy for me wasn't so easy for me to do um touchy-feely medical mm -hmm. stuff and my agents yeah. were like you gotta work on that you always sound mad <laughs> until i went through real life experiences with illness and and people getting ill and then dying that i was like oh that's it this is the kind of sound they want they want somebody who is has the authority to speak yeah. about these things but also has a compassionate side it's not like oh i feel sorry for you which yeah. is kind of where i was going yeah. so it's kind of understanding that point of view and presenting it and mic technique you know getting a little closer for a more intimate sound pulling yeah. away to give a little bit of room and ambience to make it more real person um yeah just finding those different things that you're like i relate to that and i get that that point of view and you know it depends on your voice print and all of that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. a, a good demo producer will guide you through that's great that's great that's good to know we'll be back next time to continue our chat with voice artist deb dotzer be sure to join us then the business savvy singer podcast is brought to you by the private music studio.net Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.